I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. We are Maxi, Tim Hardaway, Luka, and Curry on the floor now. 3.7 left. Finney Smith to inbound. Finney Smith slaps it. Look at Curry toward the corner. Inbounds to Luka. Two seconds. Jackson switches on to him. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does. Doncic pulls up. Three-pointer. The step back three. Luka throws it up. Hits the shot. Luka Doncic from three. He hits. He hits. And the Mavericks have won the game. Bang. Bang. It's good. Doncic wins the game at the buzzer. To win the game in overtime. Let's go. Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn. And the series is tied at two games apiece. If you don't believe, you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead. And joining me today, friend of the pod, great guest, it's Jonathan Charks. We'll talk to him in just a minute. Before that, though, I wanted to get to a couple of things. First of all, we heard from Rick Carlisle. Chris Osporzinga's status of Game 5 is still out there, still questionable. He's on the official injury report as questionable. We also heard from Rick Carlisle that he's not been ruled out for Game 5, which, you know, tracks with the injury report. But he also said there was nothing in the MRI that ruled him out for Game 4, so he should put some stock in that, the fact that there's nothing really super wrong with Porzingis. So by the time you're listening to this, you may know that Porzingis is playing or not, but that's what we have right now. Man, I had to leave the intro for just a couple more days. I just I had to leave it because it's just so fun. I love listening to it. I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. Man, I'm still just super high off that win on Sunday, game four. So here's my conversation with Jonathan Charks. Hope you guys enjoy it. We talked a lot about Luka Doncic, talked about the Clippers, talked about what they're doing, how they're, you know, trying to stop the Mavs and what the you know rest of the series should look like. Joining me, friend of the pod, multiple time guest. You know him from The Ringer, The Ringer NBA Show podcast. Welcome in the great Jonathan Charks. Jonathan Charks, what you got for me? I'm just talking to the richest man media right now. <laughs> Mavs locked on Mavs by printing cash right now, I imagine. <laughs> oh, how much I wish that to be true. The richest ma- man Nick, and maybe... Nick, aren't you calling me from a, from a beach house in Florida right now? Isn't that right? <laughs> the richest and maybe fake internet points. That's what I'm getting today, it feels like. <laughs> oh, they're real points. So believe that. They're really, really enough points you're getting. We wanted to bring in Charks because on today's show, we're going to break down all kinds of stuff from the Mavericks. He had a great piece talking about the Mavericks after game one against the Clippers. Rick Carlisle spoke to the media today. We're going to talk about Paul George. We're going to talk about, obviously, Luka Doncic, and we might as well start there. Charks, as a Mavs fan yourself, I mean, have you seen anything like this? Or is this brand new? Or should we maybe tone it down a little bit like Shaq is trying to tell us? And, oh, you know, we've seen this all before. Well, I, don't, I mean, sure. We've seen a player dominate the best team in the league before in the playoffs. Doesn't mean it's not exciting. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. We, we have seen a player. I guess you've seen a player like that, but never anyone this young, right? 21 years old. He was the youngest player to ever have you know, a game winner in a playoff game. Youngest player to ever have a 40-point triple-double. He's the only player to have 43 points, 17 boards, and 13 assists in a game. That's not even youngest. That's just only one. I mean, that, that alone is just we've never seen that before. Yeah, it does kind of feel like a certain other 22-year-old, I think, when he went to the NBA Finals for the first time in Cleveland, right? Yeah, it is feeling like that. It definitely is feeling like that. And the, and the offense is so different now that the numbers are a little bit inflated, so you kind of have to 
take it with a little grain of salt there because it's just so the pace is different. The amount of usage that certain players get, it's just so different than especially even when LeBron was, you know, a rookie or a second year. Yeah, but why throw salt? You're a mouth pod. Just go with it. I mean, <laughs> you're here for to pump the bricks. Hit the accelerator. Oh, of course. Of course. That's that we did not we did not hit the bricks yesterday on the podcast at all. Which by the way, I want to mention Broke the record for most downloads in a single day for Lockdown Mavericks at 9 a.m. Texas time. <laughs> it, was qu- it was quite the day yesterday. So thank you, everyone in the Raccoon Squad. Thank you, everyone that listens. We appreciate you Wait, guys so, jumping who on. Who is the Raccoon Squad? What are you talking about? <laughs> the Raccoon Squad is the people that listen to Lockdown Mavericks. Those are the, those are the fans of Lockdown Mavericks. How, how did that become a thing? It it's, a ve- it's a very long inside story. Isaac had a family of raccoons hanging out in his backyard one day when we first like started the podcast and people just started tweeting us gifts of raccoons and it just turned into that. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, everyone has their own fans, right? There's believers, there's Swifties, there's all kinds of stuff. So we have the raccoon squad. It makes no sense, but this is where we are. Was he in uh, Kentucky at the time or something? <laughs> No, in Dallas. He in Dallas he had a pear tree in his backyard, and he has all these raccoons that come and like. I think he shot one of them or something. I don't know what he did. <laughs> animal, cru- animal cruelty over here. <laughs> wow. Uh, oh man. So Luca hits that. So let's just go with you. you. You're a Mavericks fan. Luca hits that step back three point shot. What was your first thought? I don't even know. I couldn't believe he made I mean, I guess I could. I was just, my first thought, honestly, it was actually really cool. So I had a son, he's five months old, and he was sleeping next to me. And I'm like, this kid's going to grow up watching Luca hit these shots mm. all the time. This is going to be amazing. Did it feel sort of like, you know, you grew up watching Dirk. Did it kind of feel like, oh man, now I get this experience with my son to like grow up and 100%, the same thing as 100%. me. 100%. It's yeah. it's so crazy the transition, right? So uh I think someone from I think it was Jeff from Lockdown Spurs said, you know, which was a better handoff, David Robinson to Tim Duncan or to from Dirk to Luca? And I was like, is that even a comparison now? I mean, I just don't even think it's even close at this point. Well, Duncan won five championships, so Yeah, but David Robinson didn't win anything without Tim Duncan, so I guess that's fair. Like let's, let's get Luca one then. Let's get let's get him one before I talk about Tim Duncan. We got a long way to go to get to five. <laughs> After yesterday, it feels like we already have five, right? <laughs> and I'm kind of at the point where, like, we might as well just accept and have as much fun as we possibly can right now. I'm just embracing every day, right? I'm just embracing all the moments 100%. because you never know when it's going to end, right? It could just come crashing down. The Spurs or the Clippers could win the next two games by thirty, and then all of a sudden this is done. So we might as well have as much fun as we can now. I mean, you remember like that Thunder team? Like, you never know. You're right. Live yeah. in the moment, man. Look, look at this year. We've lived it in this world. Where are we going to be in 2024? Who knows? Oh man, are we going to be here in 2024? I don't know. Who knows? We're Who both knows? Uh, we're both men of faith, and we understand that the world could be ending soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, the- we have to always act like he'll come back tomorrow, Nick. <laughs> All the uh, youth pastors and former youth group kids always appreciate our uh, our faith jokes on on the podcast. There's a, there's a big segment of them. Shout out to all of you. Did you see uh, Jason Gallagher did a good? He did a youth pastor thing on NBA desktop a while back. Yes, it was great. It was very good. Yeah. It was right in our wheelhouse for sure, <laughs> especially on this podcast. Well, actually, not for me though, because I didn't grow up in the church. So for me, it's oh, like, that sounds kind of weird. Like that's all totally out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. I definitely grew up straight in that. Every, everything he was doing in that video was completely my life. <laughs> almost, almost. It could have been your life. It could have. It could Unless be. You were- before you became a blogger, man, yeah. <laughs> Before the Luca mania swept me up, and now I'm here talking to you. All right, coming up more with Jonathan Sharks, but before we get to that, right now, I know that some of you out there are hurting. You're feeling like, man, I just could use some relaxation, could use some relief. I just have an aching joint. I have something, a bad back, something that you need to get some work on, and it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or if you spend eight hours in an uncomfortable office chair Every single day, everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds to give you the support you need where it matters most. So either of those two or both of those at the same time. And to make it even easier to try this duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering the Lockdown Maps listeners, our listeners, 25% off of your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA, for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Uh... Luka Doncic, what is he doing to this Clippers team right now? How has he been so good? You kind of outlined it in your piece after game one. Uh, And you also mentioned something that I thought was funny and I thought was uh, notable. You said um, uh, a lineup of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Montrez Harrell, and Marcus Morris is the best Luka-proof lineup that the NBA has right now. And that lineup has a 127 defensive rating against (laughs) Luka right now after three games. It's nuts. I mean, just you even mentioned after that that that's probably not good enough, and that was after game one. But it's just has proven that man, nothing is Luca proof. No, way he plays the game, he just kind of figured out. It's like basically when you can play like Luca, and you have as much space as Luca, he can get anyone to screen for him. He can score from all over the floor, so he can always find the weakest spot on the opposing defense, either create a shot for himself or find an open three-point shooter. It's just like, he's really, really simplified the game, and it's there's nothing he can really do about it. Like, that's why I was talking about the LeBron comparison. Like, he's just going to score a lot of points. It's just inevitable. I mean, to me, the play of this series was in game one. When they, I think they lost game one, right? Yeah, yeah. that was the guy mm-hmm. ejected. When Luca, as I said on Kawhi, got to the lane and just pushed him out the way, <laughs> That's when I was like, oh, this is a wrap. Like, okay, if you can push Kawhi off the, off the way out of the dribble, there's maybe like five guys in the league who can do that. And if you can do that, how can you guard him? Or like the thing when Luca and Montrez are talking before game four and they're like, they're like, you know, broing it out. It's like, Luca's the same size as Montrez. <laughs> yes. What the heck is this? Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like Giannis, right? Giannis is way longer, you know, and he's seven feet. So when he stands next to an Anthony Davis or something, you're like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. But Luca on the on the same level as the NBA seems to be getting smaller. The Rockets, I mean, completely leaning into it. The Celtics, people don't talk about the Celtics enough as a team that just goes completely small unless they play Ennis Cantor. Luca's uh, bigger than their season, right? <laughs> right, and he's he's just a guy that can, you know. He get, he has so many different options in the game. We were talking yesterday about the about uh, you know if you decide to so they just run a bunch of screen and rolls for Luca, and if you decide to not switch, you're basically chasing Luca off of that screen, 
and you're then following him, and he does that thing where he gets you stuck on his butt, and then he just no, gets you, into the lane. <laughs> Lucas, like Lucas, Steph, Harden, guys like that, Dame, you have to switch it. You just can't not switch, or you're just gonna lose. You have to switch the screen. And so and that's, Lucas, those guys. That's the thing that's crazy. He's bigger than all those guys. And so then they're switching, and then he finds whatever matchup he wants. I mean, that's what he did. That's the exact thing he did on the game-winning shot against Reggie Jackson, right? He got yeah. this. Kawhi was originally guarding him. Maxi set the screen, and then Reggie Jackson had to switch on him because there was just no time. And then Luca got the shot off against him. The thing with Luca, you, you got to outscore him because you can't stop him. That's just how it's going to have to be. Which is wild because I was thinking about, you know, if a team is based on defense, right? Like this Clippers team should be. They have the second best offensive rating in the regular season, which is wild. But if your team is based on defense, you can't have any weaknesses because the teams are just going to exploit that one weakness over and over and over again. You almost have to be based on offense. Yeah, I mean, if you are going to be an elite defense, it's less about having one stopper anymore. It's about having five good defenders. Right, the way that the way the game is played now, it's more of a strength and numbers thing. Because it doesn't matter if you have good good two or three great defenders, you have two or three bad ones. It evens out really quick. And I think too, like what you're saying, with the way the game is played now, it's kind of like in football with the Chiefs. Like you got to have the offense. They're going to score points. It's just the way it's going to be. You got to score with it. And the Clippers can do that. That's why they have hit the series to still win, obviously. Yeah, it feels like the days of the 2004 Pistons are over, right? <laughs> like, I can't imagine that team winning games. No, we're we're past, we're, we're we're quite past that. Now. I was looking up teams in the first round of the playoffs with 110 offensive rating this year so far. I did this on Monday, so before all the games, uh, eight teams out of the 16 have 110 or higher offensive rating, and a lot of the other ones are close. In the year before, 2018-19, this is just in the first round. There were seven teams. The year before that, there were six. 2016-17, there were six. 2015-14, or 2015-16, there was four teams with a 100-plus offensive rating. (laughs) Go all the way down. 2011-12, and then 2010-11, right? A, a, A playoff season that we appreciate very much on this podcast. One team had an offensive rating of 110 plus. That was it. And now we're up to half the teams in the league have 110 plus offensive rating in the first round. I mean, it's just, it's wild what offenses have turned into. I do think like what we will see, and like it was kind of moving this way a couple years ago, is just the all switching defense. That's how you got to play. And you get to play five good defenders. Like what is OKC's rating in the playoffs right now? OKC's offensive rating 105.9. So yeah, they're 12th. In the yeah, because I think they're the only team playing an all-switching defense. I think that's the only way to guard the Mavs or anyone really. With a player like Luka, just switch everything and hope for the best and stay home with the shooters, right? Because to me, what's killing the Clippers is you can't give up 40-plus points. And how many assists did you get, 15 assists? Yeah, 13, 13 in that game yesterday. You gotta at least either take away the scoring or the passing and live with one or the other. If you if you take if you can't take away either, you're just gonna get killed. Yeah, the Clippers. There's something out with that. The Clippers have really been trying to take away the pass in this series, and they kind of held Luca. In the, two of the games in the regular season, they held Luca to six assists in each game. You know, so Doc Rivers has said we're okay with Luca scoring whatever. We just want to stop him from passing to other guys, and now he's learning that you just can't stop either. I guess worth pointing out to Trey Burke. I, I found a crazy number. So I, I blogged about this game on the Ringers NBA bubble playoff blog. Check that out. Okay, so 
when Luca plays with Trey Burke in this series, he's plus 17. Without Trey Burke, he's minus 12. Trey Burke has been freaking huge, and he really, for all the Luca talking game four, he kind of won that game too by starting and just killing it. I mean, he scored at will basically. He was so efficient. He had 25 points in game four. I thought it was so interesting what you wrote about Trey Burke, you know, being the secondary ball handler. They, they have to. You said the Mavs have to keep Trey Burke in the starting lineup, even if Porzingis returns for game five, which I think is, is interesting. And it sort of proves all of our points throughout the whole year that if the Mavericks are going to add another player, it has to be a secondary creator. It has to be another ball handler because in the same way that you know, Luca can make another ball handler look great because he takes pressure away. Another ball handler could take more pressure away from Luca as well. Like it works symbiotically. For sure. I think I really think the lack of that second ball handler is why they struggle to crunch time a lot this season. Because the defense can key up on you and close on your shooters. It just becomes difficult over a long game. I think having Burke through that pressure is absolutely huge. He's just been such a revelation for this team. He's just so fast, right? Like He's really fast. He gets to the rim and finishes, and he can shoot and pass. Like, the Mavs haven't had a guy like that in a long time. Yeah, everybody, everybody in uh, my hot mic chat during the game was kept saying, "Is is you know is uh, Trey Burke the next Jason Terry? Is he the the next guy like that?" Which you know is kind of an apt comparison. Every single like small ball handler shooter is going to be compared to Jason Terry that plays on the Mavs. Yeah. But you kind of need I a guy like that's that. More like Jason Terry, right? Burke is more like I'm trying to think like a downhill point guard. The Mavericks haven't had a lot of downhill point guards. Like, maybe like Young Berea or, or what Roddy Bobois was supposed to be. Nick or Van like Exel a little bit? Yeah, more like that. It's like, Burke attacks the rim. He's just so fast. And they play in so much space. So I think the other thing, too, we're talking about. So I'm thinking about it. If you start Burke and Porzingis, who do you take out? Would you take out Maxi or Dorian? It's been so hard because they've been using Maxi to guard Kawhi, right? And Dorian had some success against him in Game Three or in Game Four, but you're not just, you're just not going to have much success against Kawhi, pretty much at all. So I think it's one of those two, Dorian or Maxi, and Dor- and Maxi yeah. can't hit a three to save his life in this series. So probably you take out Maxi. I would think the Clippers will stop guarding him soon, just like you know stop. So my guess would be right. Okay, so if the Mavs take out either Maxi or Dorian, that's the domino effect. There is it really takes out it forces the Clippers to take out Zubac too. Because right now they're hiding Zubac on Dorian and just letting him hang out in the paint. So, like, if the Mavs start, let's say the Mavs start, keep Maxi. Let's say they say Porzingis, Maxi, Tim, Seth, Luca. They've been keeping Zubac off Porzingis and Cleaver to switch the screen on Luca. But he can't guard Seth or Tim, obviously, right? So, I think the domino effect is if you start Burke, they start Lou Williams. So then they would start Shamit, Lou, George Kawhi Morris. Wouldn't that be insane? This thing could be in the one forties. It's either that or they start Reggie Jackson and I mean Luca's been cooking anybody like Lou Williams yeah, or Reggie I, Jackson, I whenever they're on the floor, he kills them. Right, because Lugo had like thirty five last night. Yeah. Didn't matter. If Lou plays thirty minutes, he'll score forty points to the Mavs. Like, that's a guarantee. Yeah. Like he, either, Lou Williams was Trey Burke, that'd be like <laughs> zero defense ever. <laughs> Those two guys put them for guarding each other. Oh man, the Magic City matchup. That's what that would be right there. They're just completely That's good. I like I like that. <laughs> That's good. And coming up more with Jonathan Charks, but before we do, you guys know that if you need some place to get parts for your car right now, your truck 
the only place that you can go reliably to get the exact price that you need, to get the exact item that you need, the exact part that you need for your car or truck, rockauto.com. It's the exact place. It's a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same price for professionals and the do-it-yourselfers. There's not just like this special price, backdoor price for professionals. That's everyone gets the same price. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts going somewhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box that they know that we sent you. Again, right in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Oh, man. And Montrezl Harrell, I keep expecting him to have a big impact in this series, but anytime they put him in, the Mavs just put in Boban, and then Montrezl Harrell's kind of, like, nullified. That's what a huge thing, too, is Boban just pretty much eliminating Montrez. <laughs> it's so funny to watch them play against each other because Boban is 7-4, and Montrezl Harrell is 6-7. It's just such a big difference, and they're both centers in the NBA. Yeah, and really, it's like it's the two extremes. Like Montrez can probably muscle, like he can muscle up KP and Maxi, but he can't muscle up Boban. Like it's just impossible. And he can't shoot, so Boban is not a, not hurt by his lack of mobility on Montrez. That and that's get- Clippers, right? Is like if you if you start Montrez, you the Mavs start Boban. Oh man, uh- that's what I would want. To- Another possible adjustment for the Clippers to make. We've we've seen the the KP and Boban lineup like very seldomly. In, during the season, then if you start if you start Boban, I don't see how the Clippers are punishing Boban more. Honestly, like if you have Lou Williams and they have Boban, like that should be an automatic bucket every time. Just put pick a roll. Overall, it just seems like the Clippers are so out of sorts, right? We we kept we kept before the series, we kept talking about this team like they haven't been all together, they haven't been all healthy, and they're still not all healthy. Patrick Beverly hasn't played yet. Montrezl Harrell has played limited minutes the first couple of games, and this team is just so disjointed. It seems like I mean, that's been yeah, a big factor. To be fair, they beat the heck out of the Mavs in Game Three, right? That was a domination. Oh, for sure, and they should be winning. If, if, their, if their second best player would make a shot to save his <laughs> life, he'd be winning his series easily. Should we talk about that second best player right now? We yeah, we have to. He scored in Game Four, so he scored nine points overall. He scored two points in the final forty-five minutes of the game. How is that possible? Yeah, was, how, how can a guy was a that good? I think, I think it was, I saw the stat. It was like, there has been a player missed this many shots in three straight playoff games. Bob Cousy. <laughs> I'm not even, yeah, it's it's insane. Like, I remember thinking, okay, the Mavs' biggest problem is they're going to have to put somebody on Paul George. And they have no one to do that. But it hasn't even mattered. They've put, I, I don't understand how he's playing so badly. They've put social media on Paul George. It's basically what they've done. All the... All the pandemic pee. And That's the, a good you know. line. They put social media on him. Twitter's I, checking him. Right so now. We, we reported today, Jamichael Green, you know, was talking to reporters and he said, you know, about Paul George, we just keep trying to tell PG to get out of his head, to block out the fans, to block out social media. Like, Charks, there are no fans there. <laughs> He's. This is all just coming. From, <laughs> there's no fans near him. They literally okay, can't get within six feet of him. I'm going to take Paul George's phone. I'm Kawhi Leonard. I'm taking Paul George's phone. It's like an office space. They break that printer. Give me that phone right now. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, you see, thirteen percent. That's my favorite number I heard so far. 
Oh man, it's PG thirteen percent. Oh god, it's just it's so it's so strange. They gave up so much for him too. Like this Clippers season, and, and to be fair, I still think this Clippers team wins this series. They should win this series. They're like a title favorite. But you know the fact that Paul George played so bad, they gave up so many picks for him and Shea Gilgis and Danilo Gallinari, like so much for this guy for two years. Like if they don't get it done this year, if the Mavs beat him this year, like do they do they just run it back next year? What do they do? Yeah, they run it back. I mean, they got a stacked team. None of them are that old. They just learn a valuable lesson about overconfidence. To me, this Clippers team, like one thing I've been wondering about them all season is their leadership. I just feel like they're very. They act like they've already won a championship, don't they? Yes. Like they're like the, the champs. And like, oh, we just got to show up and win. It's like, you haven't won anything. Kawhi's won. You haven't won. And I just wonder, like, who are their leaders, right? From what I've heard, like, it seems like the leader is Pat Bev and Lou Will, which is fine. But they're not one of your best players. It's hard to win like that. Like, right now, to me, more than anything else, this is about Kawhi's leadership. I feel like if he was LeBron, he'd get Paul George playing well. Like, so it's talking about LeBron, but he's a good leader. Kawhi's got to get Paul George, break his phone, do some kind of mental <laughs> jujitsu on him, get him playing basketball again. Yeah, because well, in LeBron's best skill is getting others involved too, and that's not Kawhi's, right? He's getting better at that. I think yeah. he almost averaged five assists a game this year, but he's more of like I'm going to run a pick and roll with you know Zoo, and that's how I'm going to rack up assists. I'm not going to really drive and kick out to yeah, shooters. Yeah, look at and, uh, game three, right? They they were dominant. He had like eight assists. Game four, he had like four assists. That's a big number to watch in the series. Oh, for sure. Numbers. For sure. Since they don't have that, you know, point, they don't even have their point guard in Patrick, Be- Patrick Beverly, but they don't have like this, you know, normal like ball handler that, you know, distributes as well, like, you know, Harden, LeBron, Luca, Giannis, like any of those kind of guys. It's it's an interesting kind of style to build around a team like that. Last, I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi's made the passes, so... Last year in the Eastern Conference Finals, games five and six against Milwaukee, he had like 17 assists. So he can make the passes when he needs to. He just needs to do it right now. The other thing, too, like we're saying all these needs to, should, all the pressure's on the Clippers, and it's only going to get bigger as the series goes on, right? Like, I could see the Clippers cracking if the series goes to six or seven games. They have no home court. It's purely basketball. They're the favorites. The Mavs are playing free and loose. If the Mavs lose the next two games, who cares, right? Right. No big deal. Great season. Clippers lose the next two games. Paul George can't have gone line again in his life. (laughs) (laughs) Will Pandemic P ever stop trending if they lose this series? Like, it'll just be a staple. This is so embarrassing. I just start to feel bad for the guy. I know. Yeah, you, you almost do because you're like, man, imagine not being able to get online at all. Like, on any platform, right? He's just, he's just going to be <laughs> everywhere. This is like a, it's like a baseball pitcher can't find the strike zone. He's just like throwing a ball over the plate. It's like, ah, oh, it's bad. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Sharks, we appreciate you jumping on. I want to end with this. Do you have any Mavs draft thoughts yet? I haven't done a whole lot of research yet, but I know you're super into the draft. Mavs have the 18th pick. Any thoughts on anybody you'd like to target for the Mavs there? The guy I was thinking they're gonna, I would want to get um, I'm working on a big profile on him. It's Patrick Williams from Florida State. But he's rising up mocks now. He's 6'8", 230, 3'4", can shoot 3'. That's like the profile everybody wants. I think he'll be gone. The guy I'm looking at I would like is Robert Woodard from Mississippi State. So I'm, I'm thinking I want a big athletic wing who can like space the floor. 
Basically, I want a bigger version of Finney Smith with a more reliable shot. If you can find that player, to me, that's the player this team really needs. Woodard is like, okay, and obviously a guy like that, if he's fully formed coming out of the draft, would be a top five pick, right? Yeah, it's a DeAndre Hunter from a couple years ago, right? The Mavs 18, they got to take a chance on a guy. Woodard's a sophomore, played for an average NCAA team, not really talked about too much. Kind of got a streaky shot. We'll see. He's a guy, like, I think, I think the Mavs, you just roll a dice on two wings. Hopefully one of them turns to gold. That's the hope. You'd, lo- you'd love a bigger Finney Smith that shoots better, like has a more reliable shot, right? That's the, that's the dream right there. That's what I'm saying. Like you just take and like you just take a chance on guys who have fit that profile because if they're going to be there at 18 and 31, they have holes they're game, obviously, right? Yeah. So you just hope you can develop a guy with some kind of a skill set like that. And hope for the best. I still expect them to to not pick anybody or to pick somebody and trade it. I think they're going to trade this pick somehow. Yeah, that's, that's probably more. That's probably more plausible. I think you're right about that. But it's inter- it's interesting to look around and see who's available and who would take 18 and 31 in this draft for you know, whoever out there, but hopefully they can get somebody like that. So I guess they would probably move the lawn's not playing anymore. That's one concert they can move. Maybe Hardaway. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be fun to watch. It'll be interesting. Hopefully they win this series. If not, then we'll start the off season. We'll start doing our draft profiles. Hopefully we'll have charts back. John, the charts, you guys can find him on the ringer. You already follow him on Twitter. Mavs fan guys. Thanks so much for listening to lockdown maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.